Hello, everybody. Welcome to Engage on UMFM 101.5. These are your hosts, Kate Jones and Josue Devi. And today we have a super good guest. We have on Shauna from the Megizi Wazisan camp, uh, Sacred Fire camp outside of the legislative building. They're a community camp that's been set up outside. We're very excited to have them on and learn more about some of the amazing things that have been going on there. I personally have had a chance to visit and I've heard so much about it. So it's really great you could take the time out today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm really grateful to be here. Excited to speak about the camp a little bit more. Yeah, us too. So I guess first things first, you can go ahead and like introduce yourself, like your role at the camp and I guess kind of what the camp's about. Well, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Shana Peloquin. My spirit name is Witsipimithiu Mikinakikwe. I'm from the Eagle Clan, and I'm also originated from uh, the James Bay Cree Nation. At the camp, I'm one of the eight organizers and one of the two co-founders that are still at site. And my role is uh, to oversee the well-being of the camp, make sure that the fire is always lit, make sure that everyone gets along and that we're building that community of support. Awesome. Super cool. Super cool. When did the camp start? Like, when did everything kind of start coming together? So we actually lit the fire on June 25th. Okay, just this past summer. Yes, just this past summer. I think it was at the same time, uh, the same day you release your, your, your album track, I believe. And oh. uh, we, uh, we, we started organizing maybe two days before, uh, where we really saw a need where um, there was a ceremony at the ledge, in front of the ledge, uh, at the beginning of June to honor the, the 215 children that were found in Kamloops. And when the TP went down, we didn't feel good about it because what we've seen is that every time there's Indigenous initiative, there's uh, Indigenous ceremony in the city, they always come down. So what we decided, we wanted to, to do something to honor the children, but something that would stay for until all the children were found. So we, uh, we lit the sacred fire and it just has been growing since then. And I read on your Instagram that you've recently just passed the first 100 nights of the fire being lit. Would you be able to touch on a little bit what the first 100 nights have been like? It's been a nice, uh, an amazing roller coaster, I would say. Um, it's been just inspiring because we've had a lot of people joining in and the, the fire seems to be calling people to the fire. So when we started the camp, uh, we, we were just a few of us. And the, the organizers kind of all knew each other. But now, like a few months later, it's like we're all the new community. So a lot of the people at camp, we didn't know each other before the, the Sacred Fire started. And now we're really building that family dynamic, that, that, communities, that community of support. And uh, it's been challenging in some ways because we, we all have different, uh, different traumas from the legacy of residential school. And we also have different challenge that comes with it. And uh, the Sacred Fire has been what keeps us together and keeps us strong together. And it, it's for us to represent the children. So we're working on building a, a, a space where it's children friendly, but also it's not a, it's a healing space because a lot of the residue of residential school made that question of safety is, is really difficult to, to promise. So we're create, we're, 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 we're nurturing that healing space where people all have their gifts and all have their, their impact on the camp and they all have a place where they can grow. Uh, like, um, we had a, we we noticed a lot of people from the the CFS uh, that were under the CFS system coming to the camp and just growing, uh, moving in leadership position and uh, just reconnecting with culture and ceremonies in a way that we haven't had access to before. That's that's wonderful. That's yeah. That sounds like just a lot of work and you know a lot of good work in the community. You touched a little bit on some of the challenges. Uh, you were mentioning there for running a space like this, what have been 
you know, some more of the challenges uh, and trying to put together a spot like this? A lot of it is it's the emotional, the spiritual and uh, the intellectual components. Uh, they're not necessarily we're all not aligned. We have all different teachings and we all have different gifts. So for us, it was to create a space where we're we're all equal, all responsible together. But then the organizer became accountable for the whole space. But, but one of the main challenges, there's not a lot of momentum on the children anymore. And it's it's really sad and really infuriating because it was really a buzzword when the first uh, the, the two fifteen were found in camp. The information is now diluted down by other news, and we've had issues with anti-vax, anti-mask rallies happening around. Uh, we've had issues with people not necessarily understanding what we're doing. Uh, we also had challenge with people just wandering into the camp and not necessarily being there for the good reasons. So for us, it's really been how do we protect that space. And how do we use that space to create, to build awareness uh, where people kind of like we have the we have the legislative building right next door. Right. So uh, one of the challenges we've had is when we started building our TP, uh, we went and got our the poles ourselves and we cleaned the poles on the on the side. But until we were finished, uh, the legislative building would be ticketing us every day for being on Treaty 1 territory, but, be, but they didn't want the trailer to be there. So that was uh, one of our uh, challenges we had to face. Uh, there's also not everyone agree about what is the best action to do to create awareness for the residential school. But for us, it's we want to be, or do our best to support everyone's initiative on it and to make sure that like every sector is advocated kind of like we attack we attack the, the deep-rooted system throughout different strategies and our strategy is us is to claim land back and to assert ceremony without having to contest anything because we just basically ignore the colonial system where we haven't asked for a permit uh, we haven't asked permission to be there and uh, we don't ask permission to the colonial system when we start building our structures like the tpe and right now we're we're working toward completing a wigwam over the fire Wow. Yeah, that's very inspiring. Really amazing what you guys are doing. I was wondering, it seemed like just going through your Instagram, at least at the start, you had said that you're always seeking volunteers and help. Is that still the case? Just anyone can kind of show up like offering ready to help? Yes, uh, we're always uh, looking for volunteers. So the fire has to be lit 24-7. So the fire has not stopped since it's been lit on June 25th. And that means that it needs a 24-7 uh, monitoring. And we always need someone present with it. It's like our grandfather. It's like a, a child, basically. And what what I've been noticing a lot is that it's it's a healing space. So people come as as they, they they can get involved. But we all have like different engagement outside of the camp. So to not get tired, we're always seeking volunteers because we want our volunteers to be able to uh, to be on a, a regular schedule or to to volunteer at their capacity rather than burning themselves because it's a uh, it's a it's a cause that is really dear to our heart. And it's really close to us. So it's hard to, to not want to be involved 100% of the time, all the time. And that can cause some burnout. So what we want is always have like a regular flow of people showing in. And it, it creates a lot of uh, opportunity for us to build relationship among each other. And we've had a lot of people coming up to us and like just letting us know how, how the fire has helped them. And just about how it's, it's a space where we can also get away from environment. Uh, that are toxic to us or environment that we've tried to heal from and being caught in. So a lot of us uh, in the village come from background of addiction, background of poverty, and we're just making it better for the community around the fire and building our resources together.
So volunteers are always welcome and also volunteer always bring you gifts. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess any listeners that are listening or tuning in right now, you guys can just show up and just offer your support, offer your hands. I think that the more people involved, the bigger we can make things and the better you can make them. In your own words, why is it important to have a place like this in the community? It's important because that was, for me, the intent of the residential school was to prevent us from having those spaces. They removed, they, they uh, dislocated us from our traditional grounds. And uh, I think it's important to reclaim those grounds. And we, all of Turtle Islands was indigenous land uh, before they decided that they were colonizing us. And this is a genocide that is ongoing. So for me, it's, it's a way to react to it that does not feed into the Western liberal paradigm, that doesn't feed into the Westernized mindset, but that actually create a space where we can start sharing together what does it mean to be indigenous? What does it mean to be indigenous outside of the system? What does it mean to return to the land in modern times? And how can we do that together while respecting our ancestor and respecting our tradition? So instead of waiting on the Canadian government or the provincial government to provide us a resource to do reconciliation, we're just choosing to assert who we are and to, to grow from there. Very powerful. Yeah, that's, that's a very powerful notion, one that I think holds a lot of ground and a lot of weight. What have been some of the biggest learning moments for you guys down at the camp and just kind of being involved with the community in this capacity? What's... What have you taken away from it? That's a big question because I feel like we're, we're learning every day and there's some like short-term learning happening and long-term learning. Like I just, for me, I think that the biggest learning is that we're relearning how to be healthy together and to create those, uh, those safer connection among each other because a lot of us uh, at the camp um, didn't come from healthy background or we're, uh, we're involved in, like a lot of uh, us were involved in the, the CFS system or in different a uh, colonial system that have been imposed on our people to maintain us in a, to main, maintain it, us in poverty and uh, the the impact of the residential school like is really deep rooted in our in our communities and our families so it it offers a space where we can we all relearn kind of how to heal each other and support each other in our healing journey so we all have a different healing journey and it's it's like we're feeding we're teaching each other what we need and it's just been yeah amazing like uh, physically like if we're talking about like traditional like we've been making drum on site we've been learning songs we've been making a medicine pouch uh, rattles uh, helping helping youth and people that come to uh, build their bundles and um, sharing we have different elders that come and support us uh, and youth that come from different backgrounds too, different nations like we have um, like myself, I'm from the James Bay Cree Nation, but we have a member, uh, organizers that are from Peguis, uh, God's Lake, and uh, Fisher River. So we all have different knowledge to bring to the table. And it's just beautiful to see that grow. Like for me, it's, I, I can see a lot of, of our volunteers and participants like growing a lot of confidence in their own, in their own ability, confidence in building those relationships with others and confidence in being proud and indigenous and also in being different though so the the camp is strongly uh two-spirited led and is youth led so like once in a while we'll have someone coming to camp and saying uh saying how they're marginal marginal compared to the rest of society and we'll just be like, welcome to the weirdo club we love it here and uh it's just empowering people and their difference through ceremony so that's amazing Definitely feel like that's a necessity for a lot of people to have that sense of belonging. 
Given the time of year we're at now, the COVID-19 pandemic has fluctuated a lot and been at sometimes much more of a barrier to people than at some other times. Um, but throughout the, the, the first 100 days and up till this point, have you noticed the COVID-19 pandemic, the restrictions, any of that being much of a barrier um, impeding on the camp at the ledge at all? I think that it's it's an interesting space to be because we don't necessarily are aware of the newsfeed or of the COVID pandemic in the grounds. It's when we walk out of the grounds that we 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 have to reminder that remi- remind ourselves that we we live in a different reality now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest challenge I think was uh, all the dis- the misinformation and ignorance surrounding the COVID, and also the anger uh, that's been building up in the uh, anti-vax anti-mask movement, where uh, our priority at camp is to keep the fire lit and for that we have to make sure that our community stays safe mm-hmm. and we've had a lot of little altercations and like we make sure that all the masks are out and people are really following the restriction when um even if we're outside we would be extra careful on saturdays because there's the rallies on the west side of the ledge and try to keep the focus on the children i think that there's a lot of social issues that have been raised within uh because of the covid pandemic a lot of gaps in equality and people uh tend to all want to choose their their pick on which issues is is the most important and that's kind of been enduring through our message at the camp where for us it's about stopping the ongoing genocide on indigenous people of turtle island by advocating for the search of all the residential school grounds so people now like sometimes we have people visitors that they want to influence us to to focus on different issues and we are not supportive like we we do want to prioritize the safety of our community so we do our best uh, with our resource at camp to uh to protect ourselves from covid a lot of us are vaccinated and we've even had some nurse passing by to offer vaccination to some of our uh of our participant and i i'm I think we were pretty lucky in the first hundred days because it was the summer and the case number were down. And but also, the challenge was that people were less careful. I would say because they maybe there's that expectation that it's not gonna get worse than it was last year. But right now, with the code orange upon us, like we have to be extra more mindful, extra more careful. But specifically, that would be the challenge, yeah, on COVID. That makes a lot of sense. That's good. That's Great to hear that, you know, you have people coming by, nurses and stuff. And yeah, definitely can see it being a challenge having the other rallies, you know, pop up right beside and keeping focus on the camp, keeping focus on what you guys are trying to do. So that's really good to hear that you guys have overcome these challenges throughout that time period. Well, what does the future look like for the camp? Um, do you guys, like in the foreseeable future, do you guys plan to just keep going and keep growing at the rate you have? Yes. Um I'm very excited for the future and uh, we're going to be staying all winter. So right now we're preparing for winter. We're going to be looking for shovels for a lot more firewood. And we have uh, our volunteer stands that are starting to be well equipped for the winter too with like a stove tent. And uh, what I think what excites me the most about the, the future with the camp is how much capacity we're building. We all come from different backgrounds. Some of us have housing. And some of us don't. So where we, we share those resources now, we have some of our uh, organizer that offers showers regularly for the participants on the camp. We're reaching out to bring resource at 
camp for people that are houseless, but not homeless anymore because we're there all together. And we want to go seek some of those services and opportunity to build up for people rather than expecting waiting on like on the system to provide us those resources. Now we're 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 advocating more for them. So we're we're getting a DCSP to come by uh, regularly, and they'll, they'll provide us form for housings. They'll provide us form to help us get our IDs and. Uh, and I say help us, like I talk in the we general because all of us have different situation. That doesn't mean it's my situation, but that may be the situation of someone else at camp. And yeah, for me, that's really what's exciting me is the capacity because uh, our, our, we have big hope that once all residential schools grounds are searched uh, and that we're ready to close the fire, uh, our participant uh, will have we have different resources that they didn't have before, both traditional and from the public services. I would not, maybe that's the wrong word, but uh, community resource too, yeah. So yeah, that's what excites me the most, it's building the capacity. And we're kind of, we all have different experience and different uh, different relations with different organizations. So it's just like, we're all learning from each other and we're growing together. I always say to people at camp, it's, we, you come, you come to the camp and we, it's about, you take care of us and we take care of you and we're there's no mistakes we're all learning growing and healing together yeah I, i'll tell uh, all the listeners for sure that like even just since the first time that i've been there the growth has been absolutely incredible it's like every day you come and there's another tent set up and just seeing seeing the community come together like that has been incredible very exciting to see how y'all take it further we touched on a bit about how you're always needing more volunteers dropping by with that is there anything in particular any kind of maybe material donations or food or any kind of things like that that you would be in need of at the campsite that people could uh, maybe bring down if they have yes uh so we do a regular donation calls on our on our facebook page so our facebook page we haven't been able to change the, the title yet for the camp's name so it's uh, sacred fire bring your children home on facebook but we're always uh our main priority is firewood water uh medicine sweet grass sage tobacco and uh cedar we got a bit of cedar we got a lot of cedar these days but it goes in a in a in a rotation. Sometimes we're we're having a little of this and a, more of this. Uh, and for food, uh, we're looking more for um for non-perishable food. Uh, we're looking for a mason jar because we had a lot of donation of perishable food, and we want to make sure that we don't do the less waste possible. So we invite always invite people if they want to donate food that are perishable to let us know through our social medias. And uh, we'll also uh, when we have extras, what we'll do is that we'll. Uh, We'll do bags and when we have events and community member passing by, we'll offer some bags of food to people that need it. Okay, sweet. All right. So yeah, anyone who's listening, um, if you are able to physically go down to the ledge, you know, you heard it here first. There are some some medicines and foods that uh, that they're needing down there. So anyone who's able, you know, please help out if you can. Before we wrap up here, is there anything in particular you would like to address anything upcoming or otherwise there's so much i could speak of the camp for like hours and hours about that but i would say like uh one of the other things is that we always need blankets and there's going to be uh we're going to be in need of winter gears uh, like our, our members come from different walk of life so not everyone has a resource to be prepared for the winter we're doing our best to meet everyone's need but we'll need more blankets and more winter gears and no just come check it out because you don't know who you need to meet until you've met them and what we've seen is we've seen a, a strong community building up of people that come here and heal and help help each other heal, support each other in the grieving journey. So I would just in, come invite people to come and check it out. And if they want some healing to uh, to try our volunteer 
volunteering with us. Uh, we've got, we always need people to axe wood, make food, help us around the camp. And we're also always open to projects. So if people want to do project with us, partnership with us, yeah, you can just drop in and let us know. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Shauna, for, for taking the time out of your day and letting us ask you all these, these questions about this. This has been really amazing, really informative and profound. And uh, I just appreciate your time a lot. One thing we do like to ask as we wrap up is uh, being that this will air once on 101.5 UMFM is if you would like to choose what song would uh, would follow the interview when it does air. Oh, well, that's cool. That's Take me a little bit by surprise, though. Uh, but I, I think it's a cool thing. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like to listen to Kay Jones or to uh, Nose Rest Kids. So either of those two artists, find me. All right. Sweet. Sounds good. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been our pleasure. You've been great and informative. And to all our listeners, please go and check them out on socials. Please go check them out in person and just get involved in the community because they're doing incredible work, and yes, thank you so much, Shana. Thank you. Miigwech, sir. This has been Engage on 101.5 with your host Josue Davi and Kate Jones. We just had Shana on from the Sacred Fire Camp outside of the Legislative Building. Hope to see you guys next week. Hope you enjoyed the episode.